Welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Have a listen to this. Despite tighter guidelines, Kate found that she was still able to buy codeine painkillers quite easily when she said she had period pain. I'd buy pads and I'd ask for Nerven Plus. Then I wouldn't be questioned. I'd be plotting and planning all night long. Where am I going to go? What am I going to say? What pharmacist is going to be working? Oh God, what if it's that pharmacist? What am I going to do? Maybe if I put on my glasses, they won't recognise me. If I wear sunglasses, they won't recognise me. If I wear a hat. All this madness in your head. By 2014, Kate's dependence on codeine painkillers had done serious damage to her health. Towards the end, then, I was getting desperate pains in my stomach. Not able to go to the bathroom. Bleeding, constant bleeding. Within four days, I started vomiting blood. I was rushed up to the Mercy Hospital in Cork by ambulance. They were thinking it was gallbladder related. Till I told them the truth about the addiction and how much I was taking. And um, they done the camera down to my stomach, found a massive hole from my stomach through to my bowel, burnt all the way through. And that's when it all came out, really, that how bad it was. That's just a little from a very hard-hitting primetime Investigates programme last night focusing on codeine addiction and how very, very easy it is to buy this uh, very addictive drug over the counter now, the lady featured in that... uh, uh, program and indeed in our piece there is Tipperary woman Kate Murray who joins me now. Kate, good morning to you. Good morning. And thank you so much indeed for coming on with us uh, this morning. Um, you, you, your story I just found heartbreaking uh, last night when I was watching it. Would you just tell us about initially initially when you first started taking codeine, why why did you first start? Um, I had experienced sexual abuse. Um, I was in a lot of physical pain. But it turned out to be psychological, so I was taking her from plus, um, just to feel numb. What I found was I took away the physical pain, but also took away the emotional pain. I didn't feel it anymore. So that's why I started taking them. You started off, Kate, with a couple of neurofin a day. It grew to, to four. Within six months, it had escalated. And finally, it got to 90 a day just to feel normal, Kate, you were saying. Yeah, so ninety. Um, my max would probably be one hundred and twenty on very bad days. Um, and I got to the stage where my body was so used to the coding that um, it no longer had an effect on me. But I have to take that large amount just to feel well, so I wouldn't go into withdrawal. Now, any of us going in to buy codeine-based products. I mean, the pharmacist normally asks you a, a number of questions. How did you manage to buy so much codeine? Um, I found it easy enough. Um, I was go pharmacy shopping um, from pharmacy to pharmacy and never been refused even though I was a regular in and out. Um, yeah, so I kind of went everywhere. I would drive miles just to go to a pharmacy where they didn't know me. And the initial, the initial taking of the drug, that, that was before 2011 when those guidelines came into place, was it not? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, when the guidelines came into place, um, were you still on codeine at that point? I had come off this for about 12 or 18 months. Um, and then because of personal circumstances um, and stress, and not being able to cope with life in general, um, I went back on them. 
And was it just coding you were on at that stage or were you taking yeah. other, other things? No, just coding. Just coding. And uh, tell me about, uh, I mean, you, your health. I mean, this has to have been having an enormous effect on your health even at that time. Yeah, I did. So um, I was on it for about two years, I think, on and off. And um, I became very sick with pancreatitis. Um, when I was at that hospital, they failed to discover that I also had a hole in my stomach and through my bowel. So I was discharged in the hospital for pancreatitis. Within a few days, I started vomiting blood again. Um, and I was still taking nursing, but I couldn't keep them down. It was coming up with all the blood. And I was rushed back into hospital. They done a camera, and that's where they found the damage. So I have long-lasting effects in my pancreas and in my stomach because of it. Now, just to give people a notion about how addictive this stuff is, when you were getting help to come off um uh, the codeine product and Nurofen, they, they had to put you on methadone, which is normally how they would take somebody off heroin, for example. Yeah, so I'm a very case of a codeine patient going on methadone, but because I was taking such large amounts of codeine, I had no other choice but to be substituted as methadone because it was the strongest of the and, I mean, how did that work out for you? Did you get addicted to the methadone then? Well, at the beginning it was fantastic because I wasn't sneaking around chemists and I actually had money again. But um, within a few months, I became completely addicted to methadone. Um, turned me into a very, very nasty person. Um, I started abusing methadone then when I was a year into my treatment. I'd take three days takeaway in one day, which would be up to the max of 300 mils. And then for the other two days, I would be in withdrawal. So, so because I didn't want to feel the withdrawal, I would drink um, those days um, just to take away the pain of the withdrawal because methadone withdrawal is, is horrific. And you say you were nasty. Were you difficult to be around then? Um, yeah, I would admit I was difficult to be around, but I was a very, very damaged person. Um, I could not cope with anything. The only coping mechanism I had was to use something to stop me from feeling what I was feeling. Um, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? I know how to live life now. I know how to cope with things, but back then I didn't. Did you book yourself into to a centre at uh, any point? Yeah, so in 2016, in November, initially I wanted to go to Azure and Care. But it was waiting for funding for there, and it was extra because of the methadone detox. So that didn't work out. Um, I took an app, a huge mental breakdown, um, ended up in psychiatric ward in Cork, in St. Stephen's. And... Um, I was given the ultimatum, go get clean or go live on the streets. So I wanted it then. I wanted it for a long time to get clean. So the hospital helped me get into Coomberg for Fernandes in Cork. And did you get clean at that point then? Yeah, so I went in in November 2016 and I came out in April 2017. Um, I was five and a half weeks in detox 
the longest I've ever had in detox. I didn't sleep for six weeks, so I fell into psychosis. I had to go back to the psychiatric ward where they regulated my medication and helped done things to help me sleep. Um, I was there for 10 days and then I came back to Finland and completed my treatment. And did you get an opportunity during that time to look into your own soul and see where the darkness and the difficulty was coming from? Yeah, absolutely. You have different programmes every week. So it's a 12-step programme, but it's it's done weekly. So you do questions and answers and you delve into your past and as to why you have become addicted. COVID wasn't good to you, though, because around 2020, did you end up back on Nurofen? I did, yeah. And I did. I mean, did you just get so low again, Kate? Is that what happened? Um, I wasn't in a great relationship. There was a lot of... um, There was a lot of issues in that relationship. And I fell back to the only crutch that I knew who gave me comfort. And that was nursing plus. And did you go back taking a lot of it again? Yeah, I did. I went back up to ninety, hundred and And that must have had a dreadful effect on your on your health. Yeah, I had dropped. I lost an awful lot of weight, um, because you don't want to eat because you just feel full the whole time. And my stomach was in bits. Um, I was severely constipated because of the codeine. That's one of the side effects. Um, and yeah, I was just back in that deep dark hole. Can I ask you how did you afford? so much Nurofen? So, basically I would get what I needed for the week shopping, etc. Anything I had left over would be spent on Nurofen. Um, there was days there I didn't have any money so I had to go into sickness for two or three days and start all over again. So when you say go into sickness, you go into withdrawal, I guess. Is withdrawal, that, yeah. is that, and was that just horrific? Oh, it's terrible. You have diarrhea, cramps, Vomiting, um, you can't see properly, and um, well, that's what happened to me. And I kind of lost my vision an awful lot, um, and not able to concentrate, just not able to do anything. And they're the exact symptoms that we would hear about where heroin um, withdrawal is concerned as well. Yeah, so I I've learned that codeine turns into morphine in your system. So therefore, it's the same as heroin. So you're going through a heroin detox. If you didn't have access or easy access to Nurofen, do you think you wouldn't be where you are or do you think you might have some found some other substitute? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. I, no. I really don't know. I only know what I went through and... I've been through and how much I've fought to get with. Do you think there should be stiffer laws in place in terms of how easy it is to access these kind of products? Yeah, I do personally think so. I know that people use them for genuine use, but I don't think they're aware of how dangerous they are. And there's not enough help out there. Um, If you become a regular and the chemists start to cop on, you're a regular they should provide you with some kind of assistance and say, listen, what's actually going on with you with addiction? But they don't do that. Right, because you believe there should be some sort of uh, 
prescription set up in place and maybe a database of people who are taking this stuff as well? Yeah, I think it's just for everybody's safety that it's prescription only because, like I said, because I thought because it was over the counter, it's okay. You know, I don't have to go to the doctor for it over the counter. They wouldn't give me anything dangerous over the counter. But that's not true. And boy, did you find out uh, otherwise, for sure. How are you right now as I speak to you, Kate? I'm brilliant. I'm very good, thank you. (laughs) Are you? Yeah. Yeah. And what about in your head and mentally? Are you getting some help or have you... Yeah, I attend counselling every week and going to the treatment centre has given me a different aspect on life and how to cope with things. Now, I have had everything thrown at me. I've been homeless for the last two and a half years, living in emergency accommodation. We just recently got housed. Um, there's been a lot. There's been so, so much stuff that I've managed to clean to help it all. And I'm very proud of myself for that. And you should be, and we're very proud of you too. For anybody out there listening to us who might be sort of about to go on that slippery slope, they might find themselves rather fond of Nurofen or, or some yeah. other product. What what would your advice to them be, Kate? Um, see, that's difficult because the advice you think I would give would be go to your GP for help, but I found, especially in the city, because there is such a problem with drugs in the city, no doctor is willing to help you. Um, but I would persist and persist until they got help. I'd contact trying to treatment centres can we even get outreach work and then think about going into the treatment if you feel ready but you have to want it you have to want it so bad for it to work because if you don't want it it's not going to work because you're you're fighting a, a very powerful demon I guess absolutely yeah absolutely so I know how hard it is for people to watch someone they love an addiction and all you want to do is help them but unfortunately, unless they actually say, put their hands up and say, listen, I'm done with this. Unfortunately, there is no help in them. We heard, of course, last night as well about Laura Newell, uh, who sadly lost her life because of her dependence on codeine painkillers as well. Could that have been you, Kate? Oh, very much so. Right. Very much so. I don't know how I survived. I don't know how I never overdosed. Um... I have somebody pretty powerful looking after me because I shouldn't be here. Kate, we wish you well for the future and we are very proud of you and uh, look after yourself and thank you for sharing with us today, Kate. No problem, thanks very thank much. Thank you, bye-bye to you now, bye-bye. Bye. That's Kate Murray there talking to us about her addiction to codeine in the form of uh, Nurofen. It certainly is a a cautionary tale for, for, for sure. And thanks to Kate for being so open with us uh, today. That's it for me. Um, Emma looked after the programme this morning. Ellie looks after her content. Stephen is on the way with the Time Tunnel. And I will talk to you tomorrow. At that stage, we will be live from Ballyborine and we're looking forward to it. You look after yourself, won't you? Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.